We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 18th, 2019. Again, now what we've done is set the stage to play these newest reports. We just got into the Dave Hodges report regarding the Anunnaki incursion in Syria against the U.S. base. These people fleed. And I mean, they fleed like their lives were depending upon it because the evidence was documented the next day by a Russian Today film crew showing that they left behind a kitten, a puppy. Their food was half. I mean, they you could tell they were in the middle of meals and they just left. They le It looked like they left all their personal belongings. They left all their tent. They, they left, I'm sure, millions and millions in um, gear and cargo and, and things of this nature. So why did this happen? Well, let's. Uh, this is from Michael from Twisted Truth, and it's U.S. forces flee Sir, uh, flee Anunnaki in Syria. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Michael here from Twisted Truth. I have a short <clears throat> article to read. It will take me two or three minutes, and I will let you go. The title of the article is "U.S. Forces Flee Anunnaki in Syria," and I will read. Approximately 150 United States Special Forces troops and two dozen, quote, advisors, unquote, fled a U.S.-controlled compound in Syria's Mandish after receiving credible reports of extraterrestrial invaders headed in their direction, according to Federal Service Bureau agent Dmitry Osmosovich. Now, just so you know, this is the exact report. I'm not saying this is what Dave heard because he hasn't mentioned Michael from Twisted Truth at all. It almost appears as though he got this same information from different sources and then confirmed it with his sources in Russia. Russian President Vladimir Putin, who has real-time access to global Anunnaki incursions, made an urgent call to President Trump, warning him that an Anunnaki horde had, quote, materialized, unquote, 50 kilometers from Mambish and was traveling at breakneck speed toward the American military encampment. Although Putin loathed the American military presence in northern Syria, his animus toward malevolent extraterrestrials compelled him to warn Trump of the soldiers' imminent demise, as Mostovich said. Quoting him, At first, Trump did not believe Putin. He thought Putin was making it up. Trump said Putin's Anunnaki were probably Syrian Arab army regulars out to avenge fallen comrades and that American special forces could easily dispatch them. So, Putin sent him Kremlin classified... It reminds me of Trump's mindset. He's real arrogant, prideful. We're, we're number one, nobody can beat us. That just, it kind of reminds me of the way Trump would react to something like this. ...cryptid photos and video of Anunnaki warriors slaughtering Syrian civilians near Rosalind. So, I kind of cut it off there. Putin sent him, to convince Trump, Putin sent him Kremlin classified encrypted photos and, and video in a video of Anunnaki warriors slaughtering... Syrian civilians near Rosalind. I understand that Trump gawked at the photos in stunned silence and then thanked Putin for the information. An unconfirmed White House communique stated that President Trump personally contacted General Richard D. Clark, commander of the United States Special Operations... Okay, this is exactly what Dave said, except this is a much more detailed expansion upon what Dave went over. Now, I was off on my dates. This was about a month ago. 
Okay, this this came out on October 17, 2019. And um, I'm noticing now a lot of these reports are starting to gain traction. And I'm not really seeing anybody able to refute it other than saying, oh, this is crazy talk type of stuff. And they're saying, where's all the photos? Where's this? Where's that? And I don't know if he gets into, into it in this video. Um, we'll see if he does. If not, I'll, address, I'll try to address that later. And instructing him to immediately evacuate all U.S. personnel near Manbij. When the perplexed general asked, asked for an explanation, Trump allegedly replied, quote, don't question my authority. I'm the president. Tell your men to go, run, get to the choppers. Paraphrasing Arnold Schwarzenegger's fictional character Dutch from the movie Predator. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, which it's ironic, ironic because in Predator, the 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 creature that's there is <laughs> there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah, because it, the creature comes to very very hot regions of the world. Well, this is the Middle East. You're probably near the equator. Um, the Predator goes to areas where there's a lot of conflict, killing, and it feels more in its element there. He probably has more permission from a spiritual standpoint to be there, and he likes to hunt humans. That's what the whole concept of the Predator is about. So, you know, anyway. Standby helicopters from the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, known as the Night Stalkers, began extracting ground troops. Others fled in Hummers or other military vehicles. Within 30 minutes of Trump's call to General Clark, the camp was deserted, completely abandoned. 30 minutes? Yeah, and it. you look at these RT photos, and he's got a lot of the actual RT photos in here. I give you the original RT link. It's still up. I mean, they just left everything. I mean, it's ridiculous. It would be like you get out of there and don't even think about anything you have there just get on the choppers get on the hummers get out of there as quickly as possible a special forces operator claimed to have seen a quote massive swirling sandstorm quote looming in the distance osmosovich said the sandstorm was an impenetrable wave of anunnaki intruders that would have overrun the compound and slaughtered all in their path had Trump not ordered the evacuation. That would have happened if there was no Christians there to engage it in battle. Because they weren't prepared. They don't they don't have the weapons that Putin has. But I'm just saying, that's that's my from a scriptural standpoint, that's what how I perceive that. You know. Quoting him again. At a distance of fifteen kilometers, the Anunnaki stopped and vanished in thin air probably by way of their preferred means of transport, interdimensional portals. Ah, where did we just hear that? Interdimensional portals. On the Steve Quayle video, where the Anunnaki talked about, that's how they would manifest, and how the, the I'm sorry, the Anastasi, and the, and, the, and the Indian tribes that are still there in that region talk about these portals, and how they'll actually go once a year and meet with these things. They And they've had meetings with, with Quayle and Tom Horn and these types. Where they, yeah, we go, we're not going to show you where they are at, but yeah, we meet with them like once a year. And um, they're still doing it to this day. So they were 50 kilometers out. And then they abandoned the base. 
and then at 15 kilometers they just vanished and disappeared they probably have obviously advanced sensors and things of this nature where they knew the base had been abandoned so what was the point of going any further you know that would be my thought asked why the anunnaki ceased pursuit or did not just portal into the camp osmosovich said the following the anunnaki are capricious and unpredictable tactics are fluid every time we think we understand them they do something new but so do we. And maybe now your President Trump will take the Anunnaki threat seriously. The camp would have been obliterated and the soldiers killed. The following day, a RT news crew visited the compound. Video footage suggests American forces made a hasty retreat as they had left behind weapons, hardware, furniture, personal items, unfinished suppers, and even pets. Here's the showing the puppy... And um, an abandoned dog and tabby cat greeted the RT team. And um, hopefully they hopefully they adopted the little guys. An abandoned puppy and a tabby cat greeted the RT team. Ida Almazi, an Arabic, Arabic RT correspondent, said, American military left so quickly, something must have scared the life out of them. Yeah. Why? I mean, and why? Why? There wasn't any credible threat in the area. The camp didn't get overrun. I mean, this is one of the only reasons that would even make sense, to be quite honest. It wasn't like the camp had been overrun the next day by some, you know, gigantic band of Iranian invaders or Syrian invaders or whatever. No, none of that even manifested. I mean, so much so that an RT news crew went in the next day and everything was just... Puppy and kitten were still there. Just everybody had just left like. Oh, man. I just see the potential for God to give a whole lot of glory. When Christians start. I mean, here's the video for it. I mean, this is, um, I, don't, I, I think this is all in Arabic. We are now at one of the U.S. military bases that locals have told us was abandoned late on Monday night. The U.S. military base here covers several square kilometers and is located about seven kilometers to the southwest of the city of Manbij. This base housed U.S. Army officers and soldiers deployed in the area. As you can see, it appears as though the U.S. servicemen fled in their armored vehicles. More than 15 units of American military transport abandoned the base with troops, arms and munitions on board the rest of it remains untouched and we can see the lodging and again no reason no reason given well, well okay well what happened well i think what we just talked about and here's a news team on site at this exact base they left millions and millions and millions of taxpayer you know equipment paid for equipment behind apparently for no reason at all where the American troops lived, as well as electrical transformers, everything essentially that the base was equipped and supplied with. The base was built approximately three years ago after the area was cleared of Islamic State militants. Here we can see where US troops lived, various foods they ate, their clothes. Everything here remains the way it was. I mean, this is not a fly-by-night bait. There's got a gigantic tower antenna. There's outbuildings there's i mean tons of tents i mean we're talking millions and millions of dollars here 
the Americans before Kurdish forces arrived in the area to take control of the base. And again, they don't know why either. No, there's no, there's no explanation given. There's none. Yeah, I mean, I just scanned it again. There is not one reason given that this happened. Okay, if you want, look, click on the link for it that I provide. Look at all these pictures. I mean, it's, whoa. I'm telling you, something crazy. I, I think it's what they talk about. Now, this is another report that um, happened after the base was um, abandoned. This is from Michael from Twisted Truth, again. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Michael here from Twisted Truth and TwistedTruth.net. I'll be really brief with this article, add a comment, and I'll let you go. And please keep in mind, as always, the views and opinions and information given by sources cited do not always reflect my own views. Title of the article, Putin Bombs Anunnaki Fortress in Syria. And I will read. The Russian government on Tuesday took a bold step in its war against the Anunnaki, launching precision airstrikes on an Anunnaki fortress in northern Syria. Within hours of the bombing, anti-Putin activists and enraged Russophiles, Russophobes, sorry, claim the bombs struck, among other targets, a maternity ward for impoverished pregnant widows. Federal Service Bureau FSB agent Dmitry Osmosovich, however, said no humans were in the building when the bombs fell and that the structure's occupants had abandoned the ward six months ago after two nurses and a pediatrician reported having seen, quote, abnormally tall humanoids with shimmering skin and razor-sharp teeth, unquote, lurking near the building. In September, Vladimir Putin received credible intelligence that the Anunnaki had seized the ward and were using it to store the vacuum-desiccated remains of war victims for future consumption. He spent a month planning the attack while the Ministry of Defense fitted SU-34 fighter bombers with a recently approved classified ordinance it felt would annihilate the Anunnaki hive. The military, Osmosovich said, took precautions to prevent civilian casualties and minimize collateral damage, but the impalpable fog of war seldom spares the innocent. Boots on the ground swept the streets for pedestrians. One Spetsnaz team escorted civilians away from the combat zone. Now, again, let's just stop there real quick. Read that one last sentence, or one of the last sentences. In September, Vladimir Putin received credible intelligence that the Anunnaki had seized the ward and were using it to store the vacuum desiccated, meaning they're drying the remains of the war victims for future consumption. In other words, it was like a little food food depot, like a little supermarket for them. That was where they were studying. The, well, again, fee fi fo fum I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. What does Enoch say? Again, what does the Bible say? They, they consumed, you know, the inhabitants of the land. They ate up the inhabitants of the land. They eat humans. They drink their blood. That's what they do because they're, they're devils in human, in, in a Nephilim giant form. And that is their hunger drive is primarily only or primarily satiated the best way by eating humans and drinking their blood because they're devils 
and they're of their father the devil and of his lust and of his works they will do so it shouldn't surprise us that humans are what's on you know the main request for what they want on the dinner plate another laser designated the target for the ensuing airstrike the bombs unerringly struck their mark and obliterated the Anunnaki, an Anunnaki coven that had been terrorizing the region for months, as Mosevich said, quoting him now. Hmm. We can safely say that with the destruction of the building, many Anunnaki were presum presumably killed. This is another victory for the Russian Federation in, a, in the war on these rapacious invaders. We don't exclude the chance of a few civilian fatalities, but battle damage assessment found no human corpses other than those the creatures kept for meals in the building. Gauging Anunnaki casualties is most difficult because an organ behind the creatures' hearts secretes acid that liquefies them at time of death. And yes, they do often escape through portals, but we believe the weapon used prevented that in this case, he said. In addition to the ward, the jets bombed three other buildings. So what they're saying, this, um, this acid... Uh, um, there's some organ that they have that when they die, they, um, I'm trying to find it in the, in the report that he gave. Um, yeah, the, get, Gaging Anunnaki casualties is most difficult because an organ behind the heart, creature's heart secretes acid that liquefies them at time of death. And then they, a lot of them also escape through portals, typically. So they're very, very hard to get pictures of bodies when they're escaping through portals and they have this um, organ behind their heart that secretes acid that liquefies them at time of death. So that's a big, that's a big thing where people are... are wanting to see footage and this type of stuff and you, and you have to think this would be like the main main footage they would not want to let out to humanity um to validate that this was actually going on the mainstream media especially an unidentified structure suspected of housing anunnaki insurgents he would not elaborate on what proof substantiated the attack on the three buildings but said putin cleared the assault with bashar al-assad in advance of the strike we operate with the authority granted by the rightful Syrian government, as Mosevich said. In closing, images surfaced on the internet Wednesday morning of first responders removing human victims near the blast zone. As Mosevich insists, the photographs actually depict Israeli-backed crisis actors working on behalf of the Mossad to simultaneously undermine Putin's war on the malevolent aliens and to generate support in favor of ousting all Russian assets from the besieged nation. Now, let me say something about that. I've been documenting a lot lately about the synagogue of Satan, and I don't mean all Jews. I'm talking about the, the Talmudic, Kabbalistic Jews that are at the head of the food chain, and the Mossad agents like Jeffrey Epstein and people that, like the puppets they own, like Trump, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and these types. So... What they will do is Israel will insert crisis actors into these type of zones to um, act like all these human innocent people were killed. They do this all the time. They've been caught in it over and over again. 
in order to undermine, in this case, Putin's war on the malevolent aliens. Why? Because they're in league with these Anunnaki, the synagogue of Satan. Why would that surprise us? If the synagogue of Satan are going to be responsible for bringing the Antichrist, the false prophet, most likely into power, and we know that's where the abomination of desolation is committed, the three and a half year mark of the tribulation in Jerusalem, well, of course they're going to align themselves with these wicked, evil devils. You know, now, but this isn't to say like Putin and Russia's puritanical either. But from what I'm seeing on this, Putin has the, the brains to figure out that we need to fight these things. But a lot of the governments are telling Putin back off that the Vatican's saying back off, don't fight them, leave them alone. You know, obviously we know side Israel is on, unfortunately with this. And I'm not saying all the Jews, I'm saying the synagogue of Satan portions of them. So that, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. And that concludes the article I wish to read. If you appreciate the chat, the information on this channel, please like, subscribe, and share. Help. Okay, so we have that. So that's all I'm really going to go into on that specific thing. Again, but the, the, what's the remedy? What like what's the real remedy Putin should be looking at? But they're not. They're never going to because they wouldn't think it has any validity, and it wouldn't, in their case, have any validity because they're not saved and they're not. They're not operating from a position of faith. They're not looking back at what the Bible says about when the Bible gives the absolute total remedy for when the Anunnaki were on earth the first time. And now they're making their second main incursion. And they haven't even established themselves like they were in biblical times into the promised land. They were already there entrenched. Okay. They're just kind of like portaling in whenever they can and going to these war zones and doing whatever damage they can do. But in the, in the Old Testament, they were actually entrenched. They were actually, probably from the standpoint of that, they were harder to remove, but God had no problem with it. And what is the remedy? Well, again, let me just read you this again. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people is greater and taller than we, and the cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have... Um, seeing the sons of the Anakims are there. So the, so the Anunnaki are there. And then Moses said, Deuteronomy 129, Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Moses was reminding them of the miracles in Egypt. Still the same remedy today. But you got to have the faith to believe it. Deuteronomy 9.2 A people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest, of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? I guarantee you. I've seen enough accounts of these people that these Russians, a lot of them are terrified to go into battle. And I'm talking the most battle-hardened Spetsnats. They are terrified of facing these things in battle. Well, you would from a, from a temporal standpoint, apart from God, you're going to be totally terrified. Who could stand before the children of Anak? But what is the biblical remedy? Well, Deuter the next verse, Deuteronomy 9.3. Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire, he shall destroy them. Who? The Anunnaki. And he shall bring them down before thy face. When you see God bring them down before your face and you, you lay eyes on that, what is that going to do to your faith? It's going to grow exponentially. 
So shall thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said unto thee. That's what God desired his children, Israel, in the Old Testament to do regarding the Anunnaki. And I think that's why I have such a desire to go engage these things. Because it's like, well, it's the same remedy. But nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about this remedy that I'm bringing up here. I haven't seen one person mention it. Other than we need to pray about it, maybe. I'm talking about literally going and engaging them in battle with no weapons. Maybe just the Bible. Maybe some of that supercharged anointing oil I got. I can't see that hurting any. That's it. Because if you're relying on weapons, that's not faith. And weapons really aren't going to do you any good. These things kill you quicker than you can possibly imagine. You know, their weaponry is far more advanced than anything we have access to. So again, well, then God just gets more glory. That's how I look at it. Hebrews 13a, Jesus the same yesterday to and today and forever. Well, he's the same yesterday. This is how he told you to deal with it. Deuteronomy 129 and 130 and Deuteronomy 9.3. And there's probably more. I'm not, I'm, I'm even leaving out. But I kind of put this together last minute. God just, I felt like I was being convicted and downloaded with information. I kept discovering more stuff. And I'm like, Lord, I've got 173 pages of information I need to cover. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I'm literally looking at my, my PDF. I'm like, I had so much to cover this week alone. I wasn't even going to cover the Nephilim stuff. This was a last-minute addition to this study. <laughs> it's 1.48 a.m. right now on Monday, and I'm in part three, and I mean, I, I just kind of feel like I need to just keep going as long as I can keep going. Now, I told you before, what did Dave Hodges mention? We talked, I talked about, look at Stargate SG-1. They were saying that's quail in them and said that and, and a lot of people said yeah that was soft disclosure stargate sg1 which ran for i don't know how many seasons and then it turned into stargate atlantis which was another like five or six seasons i mean it was one of the one of the longest running sci-fi series that i think hollywood's ever put out soft disclosure according to secret space program whistleblower could the highly popular television series Stargate SG-1, which aired from 1997 to 2007, quite a while, be more science than fiction? Secret Space Program whistleblower Corey Good claims it's based on real-life advanced travel technologies found all over the planet, solar system, and galaxy. In the latest Cosmic Disclosure episode, entitled Portals, the Cosmic Web. Now remember, this isn't from a New Age source, but again, this isn't just New Age people pointing to Stargate SG-1. Good response to questions about various kinds of travel technologies used by ancient societies and extraterrestrial civilizations. Good described the difference between various portal or wormhole technologies used by extraterrestrial visitors to Earth. This is virtually the same scenario depicted on Stargate SG-1 where the stargates are described as being built by a race called the ancients, which in this case would be the fallen angels. Um, Good referred to the technologies uh, in Stargate SG-1 as fairly accurate, 
an, a fairly accurate illustration of how the ring-shaped ancient portals of Stargates actually looked and worked. Now, from what I'm, from the reports I'm, I've been hearing about these incursions in Syria, they're not using conventional Stargates like are depicted on Stargate SG-1, which actually has a physical ring that you walk through. <coughs> and like a controlling device for it they're actually just portaling out of thin air and what they're saying is that these portals are located in various spots around the planet and only the malevolent creatures can see them but then i i heard that putin had developed a technology to actually see the portals so i don't know but that's why they're so tricky because for the most part they're invisible and they can just they can pop in when you when you're not expecting it type of thing now remember this is all apart from god here okay this is like if they had their way and they could do whatever they want um going further he said the navigation system is similar to how the internet operates whereby numerical sequences are assigned for individual computers networks isps and countries this is the basis for the ip internet protocol numbers which are the backbone for navigating the world wide web similarly good says that a series of mathematical coordinates based on hyperdimensional mathematics designate different galaxies, solar systems, planets, etc., which become the addresses for a particular portal. This has similarities with the coordinate navigation system depicted in the original Stargate movie 1994 that was then incorporated into Stargate SG-1 television series. And I do believe that Stargate SG-1, the original Stargate movie, and Stargate Atlanta, Atlantis were the biggest soft disclosure because remember it's a kabbalistic principle you got to tell your enemy what you got and what's being done to them prior to them you know prior to their i mean in some instances it would be prior to their destruction in other instances it would just be okay well we gave you a heads up about this stuff including the christians we we put out these shows so you've been warned you've been told so now you're without excuse. The number of similarities between Good's account of portal travel that was depicted in Stargate SG-1 series raised an intriguing possibility. Was the series part of a soft disclosure or an acclamation program whereby the entertainment industry was used to prepare the public for the truth about portal travel? What was in um, They Live? What was one of the main themes at the end of They Live, which where it was this malevolent race that actually controlled media and blinded us, and it was all done through technology and through satellites. It's very, very much like the 5G kill grid they're erecting over us, where we weren't even seeing what was really seen, and they had all of these subliminal embeds and everything. What was one of the things they were doing? They were using Stargates in there at the end, where they were actually portaling to other planets. It's one of the main themes of They Live. It is, and I'm sure you could go into probably hundreds of examples of Hollywood using these things. It is very plausible that the producers of Stargate SG-1 were given the key ideas that would disclose the highly advanced science used for portal travel using fiction as a cover. Many episodes of the series depicted how the Stargate portal technology was kept secret from the Earth's population and the ethical problems this caused for the USAF personnel because it was United States Air Force personnel. And if you haven't seen this, 
again, there's probably more pretty crazy amazing stuff to see in this PDF than I've done in a long time. Here's a credit, an ending credit, showing from Stargate Atlantis. I, I watched the whole, the whole thing. I watched every episode for those seasons a long time ago. Because I realized back then, you know, this show, I believe, is Soft Disclosure. This is before I even knew about Soft Disclosure. I had this inkling in my head. I'm like, there's something about this show that I really believe they're trying to, to clue us in and tell us and give us a heads up. And so we're without excuse. I watched this many times. Credits showing the USAF Space Command cooperation with Stargate SG-1 production. Here's, here's it, here it is. And I'm looking at the screen, production, and this is the very ending right before like the um, the show goes totally off air. Production services provided by Stargate SG-1 Productions, Inc. We, and then it says, we gratefully acknowledge the cooperation of the Department of Defense, Department of Air Force, and U.S. Space Command. Filmed on location in British Columbia, Canada. Have you ever seen that in the credits? The cooperation? Well, that means that they're fully on board and it must be kind of important for them to put out the right narrative. Department of Defense, Department of Air Force, and U.S. Space Command in some sci-fi show? Come on. One episode even featured the UASF's United States Air Force then serving Chief of Staff General Michael Ryan who appeared in the Cheyenne Mountain Complex which is where the, their, their home base was. He appeared in the Cheyenne Mountain Complex which is a real complex in Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado that is underground that the, that the government admits to and in the show, that's where it was. It was an underground base underneath Cheyenne Mountain and, and the Stargate was down there and they portaled in and out of it. It was, you know, way, many, many, many stories underground. So that if it ever got hit with a nuclear bomb or whatever, it'd still uh, most likely survive. This then-serving Chief of Staff of the United States Air Force, General Michael Ryan appeared in the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, which housed the ancient Stargate technology. It is very unusual for a sitting member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to do a cameo for television, let alone a science fiction show depicting his military service hiding advanced technologies from the public for national security reasons. Dare I say it's unprecedented what I just read you. Man, I mean, just let that sink in. Whew. The Stargate episode clearly implied, this Stargate episode clearly implied that the very senior officials in the United States Air Force were in favor of, quote, soft disclosure, which I've been talking about that for years, through the entertainment industry. There are many more parallels. They're trying to prepare us for the for the big, great awakening when, when the when the quote, aliens make their big debut, trying to soften humanity up for it and give us their version of the narrative. I've done, just keying, alien agenda, okay? In the keyword search box, you're going to see a ton of teachings I've done on this. 
Okay, I just posted, <laughs> I just did a keyword search on contendingfortruth.com for alien agenda. I don't even know how many, I don't even want to count all these. It's too much. And these are, these are studies I've done like going back a long time, 2008, exposing the strong delusions, ETs, aliens, UFOs, Nephilim, the Grenada Treaty. I think that's about the earliest I, I did any of these studies. Oh, no, I actually even did one in 2007. UFOs, aliens, fallen agendas, uh, days of Noah. I mean, leading up to present. Well, and again, this isn't even present. Alien mega study agenda exposed. This is from 10, 9, 17. I've done so many. And... um. I'll just post a link to that here, just so you have it. If you want to click on it, or you can just go to contendingfortruth.com. It's all free. You know, if you really want to get up to speed, and this is the first time uh, you've heard this, you might want to catch up. And I mean, it's it's some really, really, really heavy duty information, but it also has the supporting PDFs, the supporting audios. Uh, just unbelievable what we're looking at here so going back to this report it says that there are many more parallels between stargate sg1 series and Corey good's revelations about the portal travel system used in secret space programs he has earlier described full disclosure which is really really what they want as an event that will soon occur through massive document dumps in the latest episode of cosmic disclosure good reveals that the general public has been silently prepared for such an event by by the soft disclosure offered by popular shows such as Stargate SG-1. Now remember though, the full disclosure is going to be an absolute total deception. It's going to be like V. They're going to, well, they're, they're great guys. They're, but uh, malevolent parts of our government has been trying to, um, you know, there's good, there's good ETs and there's bad ETs. And the bad ETs have yoked up with a, with the wicked sat factions of our own government to suppress all this wonderful information and it's going to be good cop, good cop, bad cop. It's going to be good good aliens and bad aliens. And then the Ascended Masters will be there. And, you know, Antichrist of False Prophet bringing in the seven-year tribulation and the New World Order. And it's all tied together. I'm telling you. Most likely, this is all tied together. And then now, going further and switching gears out of this subject. But it's not because... Remember, like the Catholic Church was like I don't know what, like fourth on the hierarchy, <laughs> on the on the uh, under under Satan there. Well, the Catholic Pope casts his vote for globalism, and ultimately globalism is the new world order, and it is where you know you're going to have full disclosure and the whole uh, extraterrestrial ascended master false prophet antichrist thing coming to coming about throughout history. The popes have maneuvered to come out on top of it in any world conflict. Today's struggle being between freedom and globalism is no different. Having made much progress toward a one-world Bible, the Pope Francis now looks forward to a one-world religion and a one-world government. Now, this is from Chick Publications, the one that the ones that put out the tracks. One of the principles stressed by ex-Jesuit Alberto Rivera in the Crusader series. Uh, comics that they have was that the vatican always tries to come out on the side with the winner in any global or even regional conflict after losing domination in the western world during the dark ages to the powers of the protestant reformation rome played both sides with the rise of nationalism in europe and protestantism in america 
Rivera described how the popes provided support for Hitler when it looked like he might prevail. Jesuits also seemed to be involved in the creation of communism. Now, the Jesuits are like the, I don't know, the special forces of, of the Catholics, the really evil, malevolent, deep state forces of Catholicism. And the current pope is a Jesuit, you know, and it's the first time that's ever happened. Anyway, uh, hedging their bets in the rise of Protestant, Protestantism in the United States, they held an ecumenical council, meaning the Catholic Church did, in the 1960s and successfully relabeled the Roman Catholic cult a truly Christian denomination. Now, with the rapid rise of ideology of secular socialism, Pope Francis is hedging again to champion the drive toward globalism. In May of this year, the, and remember, these are the same people that have said, we'll baptize aliens, they're space brethren, and, you know, this type of stuff. In May of this year, the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences issued a report of the plenary session addressing the issues of nations, states, and globalization. In the context of a lot of philosophizing, several statements reveal the Pope's position on the global social, economic, and political trends. Global politics is at such a crossroads, the report claims. It goes on to observe that the institutions such as the United Nations set up after World War II are wearing out. We can no, And it says, quote, we can no longer postpone the search for a new institutional setup to govern the growing interdependencies and interconnections within and between societies. In other words, and this is going back to the report, in other words, we need to start looking for a one world or a worldwide government. The scenario is clear. They're going to propose that this will bring peace and safety. Well, look at 1 Thessalonians 5.3 and bring together the leaders of the world as a unified group. Well, see Revelation 17.12. But because of nationalism, every nation having its own system of government, someone will have to arise to make them all, quote, play nice. Could that be the world leader? Could that world leader be the Pope or the Jesuit general? The Pope himself is a Jesuit. Um, and is and the Jesuit general would be considered, I believe, the black pope. See, there's the outward pope, which I guess is the white pope, and then there's the black pope, which is the one supposedly that has the real power, and he's the Jesuit pope. He's the one you never hear about. Okay, the pope himself, as a Jesuit, is prophesying that all people should get together. So it seems he is jockeying for the position of global leader. We get clues from Revelation 18 when we see a new Babylon filled with the very same items at use in the Roman Catholicism and its massive system of idolatry. Many of our young people today are duped into believing in the impossible dream of a planet of harmony and inclusive prosperity. But they're told, though, the only way to get that way is to give up all your rights, give up all your liberty and, you know, move into stack and pack cities and don't drive cars and you're the reason for all the ills and your parents are the reason for all. The when the slime bags at the top have been the ones that have orchestrated all this and they're the ones chemtrailing us every day and they're the ones raining down dues weapons incinerating people in their houses in their cars and and they're doing all this stuff to kill us off but they're but they're trying to act like they're the ones that are our rescuers and they themselves are just pure evil um they've been taught that there is a they have not been taught that there is a devil and the heart of men must be redeemed from the power of sin. Pride and lust for power has destroyed every such unbiblical dream. The records of Hitler, Stalin, Mao, um, <clears throat> and Castro and Maduro all testify to this. Even the utopias such as Sweden and Singapore fail to solve the emptiness of the human spirit without submission to our creator. God promised 
the peace and prosperity that man longs for only to those who obey his law of love. Um, and that law requires the recognition of and suppression of evil. But that must start with a personal commitment to obedience or self-government, the founding fathers called it. Freedom does not include permission to disobey God's commands. Chick Publications is dedicated to what really matters, the salvation of the human heart without regeneration by the Holy Spirit, because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. No amount of political gymnastics can fix it. And no society can see, succeed without fixing it. Uh, the engaging stories in Chick Tracks stress the goodness of God that leads to repentance, according to Romans 2, 4. They also warn of consequences of a life of rebellion. And it's chick.com. If you want to check out those tracks, I've put out thousands and thousands of them over the years with the track that we have at the website, the, um, which is also really excellent as well. Um, I, I think between the chick tracks and the one that we have listed at contendingfortruth.com, you've got just about everything you would need. The one that we have at the website, and again, I don't gain anything from this. This is a, a listener put this together, but it's entitled 18 Future Events Guaranteed to Come to Pass. And it's basically all Bible, end times gospel track. And again, I put them at gas pumps, like there's little signs there. A lot of times you can put them in the, the uh, where the signs go in and kind of put them in there and leave them there. And um, you can order them here. I don't have anything to do with this, but there's a there's a link at contendingfortruth.com. You can just click on it. You can download the track too and print it out, but it would be, that would not be practical very much because it would be very expensive, just expensive to mass print them. But you can order them. You can order a thousand for $250, it says. And again, I have nothing to do with any of that. It's this fundamental media.org that does it and i give you we give you their email their phone number their and they've already got the track there they, they've already got it there they've printed it so you can order those uh if you like so all right let's go further here the next report is entitled christian arrested for praying and anointing at the white house this man was arrested at the white house for praying and anointing here's his account of the event now this happened a little ways back but still again i'm still trying to just catch up every teaching on things that i've wanted to cover for a while i'm dick Patton, and i was arrested at the white house for praying and anointing i have been praying here at the white house for the last 16 years the Holy Spirit put a calling on me to get out of that bench and to walk around every one of these buildings that I've been praying about and praying over to lay my hands on them. And I have been coming back and coming back and coming back hour after hour, day by day, step by step. I've talked to He's a uh, Washington, D.C. resident and businessman. I mean, he's, I mean, he's impeccably dressed. He's in a suit with a tie. You know, just looks like a very nice, gentlemanly old man. I mean, obviously, you know, would put most of us to shame. You know what I mean? My, I mean, myself included, as far as what he's doing there, it's amazing. Many Secret Service agents over the years, every one of them, until the night I got arrested, said, keep it up, we need more prayers. And we do. Something then changed last year. On December, I was praying, 
and I was also anointing. I would put a small amount of olive oil on my hand and lay my hand on the fence posts there. A Secret Service sedan pulled up and a lady officer rolled down her window and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying. I'm praying for our nation and I'm praying for our president. Within a minute or two, three other Secret Service officers were there and they began peppering me with, well, very, very no nosy questions. What kind, of, what kind of pharmaceuticals do you take? What kind of prescriptions do you take? Have you ever been to a mental hospital? Do you ever think about hurting or killing the President of the United States? And soon the sergeant showed up with a couple of more uh, Secret Service agents and began asking me the same very, very, very nosy questions. And he got through his litany of questions. He said, now I'd like to, um, I'd like to frisk you. I'd like to empty your pockets. So I said, fine. And so he did so and lined up everything in my pockets on the sidewalk, including the small vial of oil that I was putting on my hand. And, and all I'm doing here is I'm out here praying and I'm anointing as I have been for 16 years. And so the, the non-uniformed Secret Service agents came up and began asking me the same questions about prescriptions and mental hospitals. And they stopped and said, Mr. Patton, we're going to arrest you and we'd like to read you your rights. They loaded me sideways into an SUV right in front of where we're standing right now. And they took me off to jail to the most uncomfortable night I've ever had in my life. I wasn't allowed to make any phone calls. Uh, they immediately put, it, put me in a jail cell. Uh, no, no cause for arrest, no due process, wasn't allowed a phone call, treated worse than a Islamic terrorist would be treated. You can imagine, since it had been below freezing, and this was a long process, I was, um, I was chilly to say the least. The hours ticked by, and they ticked by, and they ticked by, and it seemed like forever. And every time I would try to fall asleep, the crazy guy across the way would shout and wake me up and tell me to look at him in the eyes and so forth. Let's just say the most miserable night of my life. At about 5.30 in the morning... They probably put him in a cell with this crazy guy on purpose. I was told that the Secret Service called and that they were able to uh, release me, and they did. The judge drew a boundary around the White House, so I drew a larger circle around the White House. Three times every single week, for two and a half hours, I would pray my way around the White House in the larger circle. They so in other words, they drew a circle where he couldn't go, so he just went right outside of that circle and kept doing what he was doing. I mean, hey, if, if God's convicting him to do this, then, you know, it's, a better, it's better to be obedient to God than man. I mean, he wasn't violating what they had said. He was still, you know, I mean, God bless him. In fact, she declared me not guilty, and I thought, wonderful, I can go back to the White House. I was called by one of the directors in the administration who said that he and his top people were invited to go to the White House uh, for an evening of bowling, and would I like to join him? And to me, this was very, very meaningful. This is the very first time I could go back inside the White House, and on Wednesday, the Secret Service called his chief of staff and informed him that Richard Patton would not be allowed to come into the White House. And so here I was, stuck again. Why does a guy like me spend so much time praying at the White House? This nation 
is a nation that has a unique relationship with God. God's hand has been uniquely upon America from the very first day that the pilgrims landed and they signed the Mayflower Compact saying, we are here to worship God. There is a battle right now for the hearts of Americans. I'm talking about a spiritual battle. There is a battle for the future of America and the political battle for America that is very much a spiritual battle. And there's a great spiritual battle that takes place right here at the White House. I pray for the president, but I pray for his life and for his heart. And perhaps there are unique points when he feels lonely and where he needs to feel like God is with him. And I pray that God will give him that comfort and that presence. There are times when he needs extraordinary wisdom. I pray for that wisdom. I pray for his family. I pray for the marriage of him and our very beautiful First Lady. But I pray, and I pray, and I pray, and I see answers to these very powerful prayers. You know, there are people in our nation who want to get rid of prayer. There are those who simply not only want freedom of religion, but they're trying to get freedom from religion. They're trying to get those of us who have a belief in God and who pray for our nation who, and who pray for our president and who pray for our Congress to stop it. So when people say that I should stop praying at the White House, this is what I have to say about that. For those who think I should stop praying at the White House, I have one response. I would rather obey God than man. Richard continues to pray and is still being detained and questioned often by the Secret Service. Seeing if it says anything more. He has been detained three times since this video was filmed. Oh. Well, the Bible talks about of whom the world was not worthy. <laughs> Types of people like that. God bless them. And I understand he doesn't he doesn't know about all the stuff with Trump that I've gotten into. But, you know, man, God bless him. I mean, <laughs> nothing but love. You know, that's how I feel. I mean, God bless that guy, that gentleman. Um, this next video is programmed demonic multiples now in churches everywhere. Uh this is just a good refresher kind of remind us what's you know the, the battle that is going on in, in the churches as well so david here and we're back i'm back here again with uh russ Dizdar. david hebner and russ Dizdar. amazing amazing uh, warrior for god um we've been talking about program multiples and um how satan Satan himself uses his warriors, his people, to take little babies and program them at young ages, I mean little babies, uh, to, to torture them so that uh, he can get into their brain, in, into their soul, into the system, and program them to kill, uh, to manipulate, mm -hmm. uh, to take down, we talked about taking down pastors. Right. Now, you had mentioned to me, a, you told me a story I'd like for you to share. Sure, sure. That, 
deals with this. Sure. We're doing a conference in uh, Groton, Connecticut, and um, and I will mention, and because he doesn't care, Ali Marzulli was there. There were other leaders there. And so I'm doing a segment on Bohemian Grove exposing the real reason for the ritual they do. Okay. It, that whole thing of cremation and care is just to cover for the real human sacrifice that goes on there. Right. So as I began to tell the reason why the summoning of demons and sinning of demons on the crowd, um, a woman in the conference switches, uh, this is a, they would call themselves a cult multiple or a chosen one, switches personalities to a male German-speaking personality, demonized, jumps up in the crowd and begins to scream at me. We must stop you. We must cut your head off. Uh, we, you're, you're telling the secrets. You're not allowed to tell the secrets. The old ones are coming. You cannot tell these secrets. And was yelling and screaming. So L.A. Marzulli and another leader took this person out of the room. I finished the presentation. Here's what we found out about the person. This is a pastor's wife of the largest Assemblies of God in Massachusetts. Wow. wow. She even teaches Sunday school but is unhealed. And so the truth is, there, since the 70s, there are... Unhealed and in desperate need of massive amounts of deliverance. You know, that's what's implied here. There are programmed multiples that have been put into churches that are unhealed, that have sub-personalities, that have demonic stuff, and they may be there to monitor pastors and leaders to right. tell the covens. They right. may be there to do warfare against the church. They may be there to bring down a pastor. Why the 70s? You said since the 70s. What? Well, if you, uh, when we go all the way back to the 50s, when they, the whole project was beginning in the United States, um, by the time they're in their 20s and so forth, when we backtracked, when we found infiltrating infiltrators like this, people, we would engage them to, to bring them out of it, to come bring them to Jesus and and so we would track them backwards. We would just, where'd they come from? So on a, on a broader scale, we find that most, many of these people infiltrating the church and Christian ministries, it began to be done in the early 70s. They began to release them. Because they came over in the 40s and 50s, right. they had the babies. Right. The babies would have been 20 years old, 25 right. years old. It makes sense, right? Right. That's when absolutely it, it started manifesting absolutely. as adults. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to talk about how how this gets repaired. How how we're going to blow Satan out of the water. Okay, the fix. Mm -hmm. Okay. Before I m get into that, though, I want to mention something we've all seen in movies. I saw one of the most scariest movies I've ever seen called The Exorcist, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. back in the 70s, and I mm -hmm. couldn't even go to sleep at night. It really did it bother you. I mean, I, when we, yeah. well, back when I was lost in the early 70s, uh, we just all went, probably went partying and oh. watching it, and it was just all crazy. <laughs> okay. It was scary. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but yeah, well, I happened to be, I feel like I was saved, yeah. and maybe that's what affected me, but... Well, I but uh, in the movie and and you see this all the time. And, and these are not good. You don't want to be watching horror movies and this type of stuff. It's it's just you know the fear of man bringeth a snare. It's just it's demonic. It's evil. A lot of people that get into the occult say, well, when did you first really start having gigantic attractions to the occult? And it's very very common. I've went up on satanic chat rooms and, and read the posts a long time ago. Where those, yeah, it was when I watched this horror movie, and then from that point forward, I was totally changed. So, 
you know, you really, the Bible says I'll set in a wicked thing before my eyes. And, you know, there's just a lot of Bible in there about avoiding this type of stuff. Look, uh, faith is the guy gets holy water, the priest, and he mm -hmm. says all this stuff, I guess in Latin, throws yeah. water and does all these rituals. There's I mean, no scriptural for basis for holy water either. And again, I'm not trying to slam, you know, any denomination or, or religion, but does that hold water? Is that... Does well, that work? It, here's what it does. It makes the de it gives the demon time, and it makes the demons mad. <laughs> so in other words, it doesn't work. Come on, Russ. Look at Jesus when he just, with authority, he just commanded them. Right. How did he train us? Are right. we supposed to read books to them? No. Are we supposed to wear robes with them? No, Are we supposed to throw water not. on them? Right. So when we watch what Jesus did in Luke's Gospel 10, he trained people what to do. Yeah. They came back all excited. Hey, even the even the demons submit to us in your name. Right. Because he said, I have given you authority right. to tread, to come against this, right. to overcome all the power. Not to have conversations. Right. It, yeah, you don't it, have to do that. You'll hear you'll hear them. Oh yeah. I mean they but, will do they're but, real Now this also I think really has an application to what we were talking about with the Anunnaki. In the biblical remedy I gave you in the book of Deuteronomy for how to deal with them. Uh, which is really, it just comes down to faith. But then also, that, then it relates to this, the engaging evil. So we can kind of combine all this together. I mean, but, they're going to do that. But you don't, uh, you don't participate in you're, that dialogue. You're, you're not there to talk about, you know, it's not a tea, it's not a tea conference it, meeting. But, so in other words, you don't spend all this time doing the holy water no. and saying all this stuff. Because, no. yeah, you're right. All it does is rile because them up. the right? only thing that subjects them is the, in the authority it's, that we have in the, to order them. In the name of Jesus, stop and, that. And the, yeah. You're going to, you know, and then finding out how many. So, so that even when they want to harm the person, we learned, stop. You know, what, when, we, when we command them with the authority we've been given in Jesus' name, right. that's what affects them, stops them, and can cast them out. So how can a person out there listening to us, and, and I'm going to say there's several categories. One would be a person's living or knows a program multiple, yeah. someone who's demonically possessed. Mm -hmm. It could be someone out there that, and I don't know if this is possible, that is a program multiple, and the real person is standing up going i know something's not wrong with me i mean i, mean, I know something's not right with me mm -hmm. right. i think i might be one right what do you tell these sure people? and many times they learn three three primary categories of knowing whether you're a program multiple voices in, in, in the head conversation they voices, hear voices differently okay. than you you know we would hear secondly they have missing time they don't know where they were at certain times okay thirdly they may have had a whole childhood of blocked memories mm. that uh, in every those are at least three wow. categories okay that will help them Can, know they're not crazy you're not they're not crazy you're not insane right. something happened but to some, you some they could be a program multiple right. something happened when they were a baby so yeah and and, okay. and 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 ultimately no matter what else i say go to jesus he has all the answers he has all the healing he has all the compassion he knows what they did he knows how to deal with demons the bottom line out of everything i'm going to say go to jesus he is god he's the savior he's the healer he's the deliverer right? so you go to him now in regular possession we command a demon to leave a person okay jesus which would be the same for engaging anunnaki you know you could quote those verses you could put on the full armor of god you could quote a lot of other Bible verses, but ultimately you want to pray and fast about that. You don't want to just, you know, think that you want to go into battle like that because 
like with what Henry Groover a lot of times was told, okay, you got to fast, he was convicted, okay, I got to fast this many days, you know, deal with this, deal with this, or whatever, before you're actually ready to go into battle. That's another consideration. Word, ek balo, get out. Okay. So they get, so the demon leaves a person. Okay. But in programmed multiples, like we said, you have personalities that are split and okay. programmed. There might be demons on these, but not over here. So if you command demons to come up and out, you need to get them out of there. But then you have programmed and the damage to the human personality. You can't command that. Authority doesn't deal with human personality. Okay. This is where inner healing, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. He's there to bind up the wounds. He's right in there. So that we ask Jesus to begin to break programming, begin to heal the personality. He never, Jesus, God does not come against human personality. He comes to save it, heal it, restore it, make it new. Okay, so first thing is cast it out. The cast second, demons out, right. The second thing is to heal. The inner that healing, healing right. The inner healing has yeah. to come in. Yeah. So <clears throat> a person out there listening to us has a wife that has, uh, that's a program multiple or is demon-possessed or the wife has a husband or a friend or whatever, and they're going, you know, I need to deal with this. What can that person do? Uh, can they take steps to cast out a demon? Yeah, I mean, every believer, and, I, and here's, we, we, every single Christian has been given authority. The number one thing is, go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, and say, Lord, I thank you, I accept the authority you've given me, and I will use it. So accept the authority that you've been given, and get ready to use it. And if you gauge, engage somebody that has demons on them or in them, there's a lot of, the Greek word is demonizoid, demonization. Okay. So you're going to either command things off of them or out of them uh, to engage. And just by that authority, you go in with authority. You take charge and you take authority okay. now, in Jesus' name. First of all, they need to be a believer. Oh, you got to be a believer. Don't do this if you're not a believer. No. <laughs> no. It could boomerang and it cause... Can... Yeah, you just, might end up a program multiple, you know, <laughs> or, or if you're even alive. But, okay, so is prayer necessary before you do this to, to pray first before well, you go in? Well, there's no question there's an advantage if you can get prayed up and get really ready. Okay. Sometimes, right. like if you're in church and you meet somebody and somebody, a demon manifests... Well, you don't, you don't, you can't say, wait, 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 I'm right. gonna, I want to go fast and pray. Right. <clears throat> With authority, because your authority is overwhelming. <clears throat> right. The authority Jesus gave us is massively overwhelming. Right. Even the Spirit of God inside of us, greater, like you said, greater is He who's in us. Everything we have in Jesus is vastly superior, but it must be known and then used in dealing with the demonic realm. Even our our sense, there might be like a discernment, like I, I feel there's a, something wrong with that person. And as you begin to pray, maybe all of a sudden a demon comes up or they, they tell you, that I know there's a demon inside, it's inside of me telling to kill you. Or what. And so you, you begin to, you take charge immediately. Okay. You, you begin to order the demon and, you know, and then ultimately you're there to cast the demon and get it out of there. But not a lot of words. You yeah. just take yeah. authority. You have the mind of Christ, sure. you pray the Holy Spirit's in you and acts yeah. through you. Yeah. Because that's, who's, that's who has the authority right. anyway, right? Right, because if you're not so. a believer, you, you don't have that. You're not given, the, you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't have the right to do it. Like the seven sons of Sheba in the book of Acts. The demon said, Paul I know and Jesus we know, but who are you? So the demon inside the person attacked 
them. Wow. Okay, so I wasn't going to ask this question, but I have to now. I'm convinced after us talking, there's people in church and even in the pulpit that are program multiples. Yeah. If if at least demon yeah. possessed. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay, and I'm talking known pastors, maybe that we see on television. It's it's well known in the occult world. It's the preferred position to be as an occultist because from a satanic standpoint you're doing the most damage because you're affecting the body of christ or, or people at least call themselves christians um you're getting intel on them you're i mean you've just got and you're doing it all under the guise of being a christian which is kind of the perfect cover for them sure that we've heard of what do you do what would I do? What would a person out there do if if they're encountering this demonic spirit in church? Do they keep quiet and just go to another church? Do they keep quiet and just deal with it? Yeah. Uh, what, what? Yeah. Staying quiet and doing nothing only aids and abets the dark side. It actually gives them freedom and gives them rain. It's only when the believers... So number one, start praying about it. Lord, show me what's going on here. Pray for exposure. God, expose what's going on here. Show what's going on here. Begin to really target. If you if you suspect something demonic going on, ask the whole, ask the Lord to give you wisdom and insight, but also begin to pray against and pray for exposure. Ultimately, you want things to be exposed, uprooted. If there's somebody that's coming in there purposely to do it, now you've got regular Satanists and occultists that are telling stories how with demons, they've gone in to mess with Christians and mess with churches anyway. Um, and as believers, we should be able to blow that out of the water, in, you know, with the authority and, and have your armor armor of God on and so forth. But when it comes to the sophistication of a program multiple, here's the difficulty. The main person may not know yet that they have their... When they create a programmed multiple... They create the main person to be amnesic, not know what's going on. Wow. And wow. so the big thing is, it's not just, you know, and we don't want to live by innuendo and think, well, <clears throat> that one's that one. And that. We, want to, we want to pray about it and know what's, what's, we have to live in truth. What is true? If it's true and, and we're praying and God is opening the door to see what's there and beginning to show, then we need to go after that. Amen. Because Amen. it's a dangerous thing. Now, if they need help, can they call you? Is there a contact yeah. way they can contact you? On our website, there's actually how to get a hold of us. There's even a hotline thing uh, they can go to. But there is a way to do that. We also have free, absolutely free, training. It's called Freedom Encounters. How to engage the deliverance side, the programming side, the inner healing, to see Jesus restore and bring inner healing. All of that we have on our site. Uh, training what, free, absolutely free. What's the site? Shatterthedarkness.net. If you go to shatterthedarkness.net, scroll down a little bit, it'll say free training courses. How to help somebody, it's 25 hours long. It's a training course, and it's all it's absolutely free. So just download it, take it, and use it. And um, the little bit you're hearing here, that's going to give you a lot more explanation how to do it. Amazing. Russ, thank you so much. Thank you. And... Um, I lied because I want to do one more segment okay. with you. <laughs> Folks, when we come back, I want to talk about, I'm going to ask Russ here about, is there program multiples in the government? Oh. And mm -hmm. right now, are they being released? Yeah.
to carry out the agenda. Mm -hmm. We come back. Stay with. Wow. Okay. Um, I must have missed that part. <laughs> I'm gonna try to look that up. I couldn't seem to locate that other video, but he's got a ton of really amazing videos. I, I don't <laughs> don't agree with. He's interviewed Paul Begley on numerous occasions, and I'm not a fan of Paul Begley for a lot of reasons. Uh, got a whole file on that dude. But um, he's got a lot of very, very cutting-edge videos up here about really, you know, evil that's entered the church, the battle that we're in. I mean, astral projection, a lot of the stuff I've talked about, cursed objects in your house, witchcraft. I mean, I mean, he's talking about He's got some titles in here that I'm like, what? Um, new levels of demon warfare. Uh, astral projection versus the blood of Jesus Christ. See, I've had witches try to kill me through astral projection. So that's... Um, <laughs> he's, he's got some really heavy-duty titles up here. Anyway, um, yeah, that you could, you could check him out. Um... Uh, let me see here. I'm going to read one more thing from a listener, and I'm going to try to get into part four. And uh, this is from a listener, Sandra, longtime listener, and it's entitled Listener Feedback, Mass Witchcraft Announced for November 23rd. So I'll have this up prior to this. Engaging the enemy, um, occultist Mr. Michael Hughes. And it says, hello, Scott, I was reading your newsletter for 11-15-19. Now, if you're not on my newsletter list, just go to contendingfortruth.com. Go to the right side of the website. And I advise you um, sign up for both the health and the Christian current events newsletter. They're both free. I'm only, man, I mean, I'm hardly getting out one health newsletter a month now. It's just, it's really, really tough to, to just keep up with all the content that I've got pouring in. I typically do about one Christian newsletter. Sometimes it's every week, sometimes it's every other week. And then I try to get an audio every week now, which is typically either anywhere from two to four parts. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. So it, it's not like I'm going to bombard you with emails or anything. And it's all free. So... She said, I came across an article about mass ritual spells scheduled for November 23rd to bind President Trump and those who abet him. After I read it, I decided to tweet out the article asking for prayers against this ritual. To my surprise, I got a response directly from the author of the article, who also happens to be the ritual organizer, Mr. Michael Hughes himself, who obviously is probably a warlock or a witch. From the website... From his website, I can surmise that he is a warlock, although he never directly specifies this in his bio. They typically don't. They like to kind of lay low on that type of info. He had an interesting response to my request for prayer. He wrote, LOL, good luck, quote, patriots praying to Jesus to defend the most anti-Christian, corrupt president in history. Jesus hates Trump. You're on the losing side of history. Um, and then I, listen, I get where he's coming from because he's probably aware 
of Trump's connections. I wouldn't say Trump's the most anti-Christian president, and I would say Obama would probably be the most anti-Christian president we've ever had. Um, I've done nothing but document all of Trump's wicked actions, particularly since February, particularly since he's overtly went over to kind of the dark side. The facade of what we see on the news is, is one thing, but in Sean Hannity and those types. But again, I've, I've documented this over and over ad nauseum. I don't even know if I'll get to that today. Got plenty more on that today, but I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to get to it. Um, but anyway, you know, he's, I get where he's coming from, from that standpoint about, you know, oh, you Christians think he's Christian and he's not. And yeah, okay, I get it. Now, what Sandra said, she said, what Mr. Michael Hughes fails to comprehend is that I am not praying for President Trump to prosper evil, but rather I am praying against spiritual wickedness in high places by binding these occult rituals, witches, and warlocks, and all their devils associated with them, and then loosing heavenly warrior angels to stake claim over what is rightfully his, meaning Jesus Christ. I am praying that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them, when the enemy comes in like a flood for all demonic plans to be thwarted in the name of Jesus Christ. And I couldn't agree with her more on that. You know? Again, we're not praying for Trump to prosper and all his wicked, Kabbalistic, Luciferian handlers' plans that they want him to enact. But you can pray in the way she said. You can pray, God, Lord, if, if it be possible, if, if, if it be possible, please save trump's soul let the fear of god fall upon him like a thick cloud if you have to hang him out over hell to to get him to sober up and do the right thing please do that if it be your will and I, again we don't know what god's will is but i don't see any uh problem doing that whatsoever you know um then it goes on to say i have not been one to shy away from spiritual engagement with the enemy if you remember, I was one of two ladies that went to Share International Meeting in Dallas, Texas to pray directly against that devil Maitreya. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. So, um, Share International, which is the mouthpiece, the originally the United Nations mouthpiece to promote devil Maitreya, who refers to himself as Lord Maitreya, who says he's the you know the grand poobah of, of everything it says he's the the fifth buddha that the buddhists await in krishna that the hindus await in the messiah that the jews await and that the christ that the christians await and the imam Mahdi that the muslims await. It says he's all that rolled up into one package and i've reported him over and over and over if you want to know more about him just key in matreya in the keyword search box at contending for truth anyway she said my initial inclination was to fire back at mr michael hughes on twitter but the lord did not lead me in that direction no, no, this battle is in the spiritual realm, and that is how it, we will fight it. I will fight it on my knees through prayer and fasting. Let his holy name be glorified. <laughs> yeah, now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I agree. I agree. And I even told her, I said, I've even kind of backed off on, if I, I mean, I get occultists still emailing me all the time and telling me all this stuff, and you know, it's like, sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't, you know, not that I can't battle them in prayer, but 
just be led of the Lord. Sometimes it's, it's you know, the Bible says, answer a, cool, a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. And then it also says in like the next verse, answer not a fool according to his folly, um, lest thou be like him. So there's a time that you answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own. And then there's also a time not to answer a fool, lest you be like him. And when it, when are those times defined? As the, as the Holy Spirit leads, is all I can tell you. It's, it's all I can tell you. It's, it's different for a different situation and a different person. So, um, you have taught your listeners well regarding spiritual warfare, Scott. Now it's time for us to armor up and get into the battle. These devils are messing with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe. Well, game on. <laughs> it's giving me chills reading this. I love it. The backstory to all this is that I am recently disabled from a vice president level career after being diagnosed with a rare spinal cord disease. I am now on disability and have been asking the Lord to show me how he wants to use me despite my physical limitations. Oh, God bless her. Well, getting a response from this devil was an answer to prayer and only emboldens my faith. There are no coincidences. God has given me the unique opportunity to earnestly contend for the faith since becoming disabled and this devil plunked right into my lap <laughs> when you have the name and face of a devil it takes the battle to a whole other level yeah it does yeah it really does just like when jasmine sent me those the jasmine the witch the black-eyed witch sent me that picture of herself that said and she had a picture she was holding up that said uh, what did it say we i don't know we're we're we still we're still waiting for you scotty or something like that <laughs> No, I've got it in my file. If you haven't heard that one, you really need to key that one in. Just key in Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N, witch. You should find it, black-eyed witch. You'll, you'll find that one, my testimony on that. That was probably one of the most incredible, and I don't mean this to puff myself up, but just the content was so incredible. I still totally reel and and just get so fired up when I read that file. I mean, that is just, talk about everything coming to life. And this is why when I see these Anunnaki manifesting over in Syria and these giants in the cave systems in Afghanistan and this type of stuff, and then I line it up with what the Word of God says, and it's like, you know, this is where the rubber really meets the road. This is the Bible coming to life. This is why this ministry exists, to, to equip, arm, and hopefully to encourage my listeners to, to proceed into this battle. And Again, I'm trying to temper all the negative stuff, which is a warning type of thing, which I'm called to do as a watchman, also with a lot of scripture and a lot of positive affirmations as far as, okay, here's the biblical remedy. Here's what we got to do. I like what Russ Dizdar said there because it was a positive biblical type of remedy. It wasn't like, oh, let's wring our hands and the witches and the warlocks are so powerful. or what. No, 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 no. The exact opposite. Okay, but the problem is, is most of them take their religion much more seriously than the average Christian does. Um, and so we just we just need to get into the battle, like she said. Uh, going forward, it says, uh, let's see here. Um, when, okay, yeah, your experience with Jasmine T comes to mind. That was Jasmine the Black-Eyed Witch that tried to kill me, or astral projector to kill me. Um, didn't hear from her, though after that well mr michael hughes get ready to meet the great i am jesus christ we the true remnant will be glad you did i humbly ask that you and your listeners keep me in prayer 
things could get really interesting. Yes, I would pray, ask that you'd pray for her for healing of this spinal cord um, and and strengthen her and for protection over her. Um, that would be you know a wonderful, wonderful, awesome thing for for my listeners to do. And li literally, now you got this guy's exact name, Mr. Michael Hughes. <laughs> so there's there you go that you could add that in your prayer list thank you for being steadfast in your commitment to sharing the truth god has used you mightily i am forever grateful god bless you and taylor sandra so uh, oh i'm way over on time here for this part so i'm going to try to do one more part here and uh then that'll wrap it up for today anyway god bless you and see you in part four